Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Your Living Proof Podcast. My name's Danny. And I'm EJ. And you are beautiful. And it's okay, she's my wife. Oh, yeah, that's it true. Is. We're on episode 69. Oh my gosh, I wish our boys were here right now. Oh, just so we don't can hear get into that. Reaction. There's okay, we're we're going inappropriate right off the bat. Well, I'm just saying they're at that weird age where like that is so like hilarious to them. It's like, so dumb. It is, but you just can't avoid it. Like it just happens. All right, they started saying that, and anytime the number sixty nine came up, they're just <laughs> they'd start giggling and oh snap or whatever they would yeah. say. And we're like, what in the world? And of course, at school, they've heard reference. I, they don't even know what that. No, but they do know. And that's what's funny is then you're I'm like, remember what that means. It's not that funny. And it, what's interesting about it is if they ever see us like kiss or anything, they're like, oh, that's so disgusting. But like the word the the number 69 is just like hilarious. Yeah, we need to move on. But they talk about how it's written on the walls at school or the bathroom and people saying it. But anyway. <laughs> So apparently it's affected us, too, because we yeah, just got distracted by a number. But, man, we are here today with a very important topic. As you know, this this podcast, our platform, our business is to help empower families who are affected by addiction. Yes. It is a family disease. Yes, someone always gets picked off. It's someone who gets sucked down that deadly trap, but the family goes right down the trap, the hole with them. Yeah. Every time. So we are going to talk about today the holidays and how much how it makes it so much more difficult when you have addiction in the picture. Yes, and we're going to give you five. Is it five points? Yeah, yeah. And this is these are great points. It's not just some oh, five tips to this. Like these are points of years of working with other people that will help you navigate this difficult time. Yes, it really will. And before we get started, though, real quick, I just have to be honest and transparent. The last. This last week, I had a couple of days where I was in the biggest funk. I don't know if it's a change of season. The weather probably had something to do with it. Yeah. But just, I've, I've, I've been really trying to make some parenting changes, right? Like, to stop worrying about the little things, stop sweating the small stuff. And, and just some personal things that I'm trying to change with my kids. And my gosh, it's just like this. the failure was just thrown in my face over and over as I'm trying to make these improvements and changes in my life and some other things that happened. I just kind of felt like I was in a funk. And what's interesting is I think that happens to most of us, I would, I would assume. Yes. And so I fall into like a bit of a depression or anxiousness and just a foggy situation. And once again, <laughs> of all things, it was recovering from a, a drug addiction that have taught me so many healthy things in life. Yeah. I just think it's ironic because I went to school. I did all the things in life. Right. And it was, it, you know, I learned some things at church. I learned some things at school, but it was of all things in addiction, recovering from a drug addiction that taught me these healthy coping skills Yep, to talk about it, to open up and share how I feel, to ask for help, to lean on others, which helps me actually connect with God who changes everything. So I just, I share that for what it's worth. Um, Hopefully one day that's what your loved one does also. Yeah, no doubt. Right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. Um, I mean, what's more stressful than the holidays in general, right? Let's being just married. add, yeah, let's add being married to an addict on top of that, okay? 
or, you know, I mean, drug addiction, alcohol, any any addiction, really mental health struggles rear their ugly heads hard mm-hmm. during the holidays. And for both parties. Absolutely. Yes. I for, said parties, but like for the family and the person in addiction. Yes. So whether um, you love someone who is currently in active addiction or you love someone who is just barely starting, you know, their recovery, their sobriety, um, we're going to just talk about how that affects you and maybe also shed some light on things that they are feeling, um, those newly recovered people. Um, So I just want to... Get straight into it because yeah, well, it's going to be a tough. lot of good information. No matter what you do, no matter how well prepared you think you are, it's going to be hard. It's hard. Think about it. it's hard for all of us. Just yeah. as just for your sake as a mother or a father, like the pressure and the stress that comes with the holidays. Now, when you have a dynamic where someone in the family is is dealing with the life or death situation of an addiction, or they're just out of their minds, boy. You just complicated an already difficult situation in a big way. Um, So today we're going to talk about approaching this time of year with a legitimate game plan. We are going to go over five things I think that will help anyone, whether you're a parent or a spouse who's dealing with an addicted loved one, especially going into the holiday season. I do want to share something, though. Um, I looked it up this morning. According to the American Psychological Association, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Must be. Those big words sometimes hard. Anyway, it says 30, and this was a recent study, 38% of the people surveyed said their stress increased during the holiday season, leading to physical illness, depression, anxiety, and substance misuse. Boom. I, everyone knows I, I hate I was going to say, I feel like it's way more than 38%. No, 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 no. It, it, 38% that led to. Oh. Okay, so this, okay. this is a survey where the people are admitting, yep, I got stressed out, I got anxious, I got depressed. Most people don't admit things. They're living, yeah. You know how I feel about these behavioral health statistics. It's because most addictions and mental health struggles reside in the darkness, in the shadows, and people don't know. So, yeah. I don't know. I, they interviewed a couple 10,000 people and 38%. I mean, we're creeping up on half of them admitted. Admitted that they it led them to abusing a substance. Well, I will say 100% of mothers feel an additional dose of stress Um and anxiety during the holidays, trying to make everything perfect. It's so. true. All week long. So in our program, we have some communities. And our communities are actually split out into two. They're support communities. And I won't go into too much depth on them. But they're split They're split out into two groups. There's a group for parents and a group for spouses. The reason being, different challenges. Totally. Okay, different challenges. But there's still the same approach. There's the same tactical approach to helping. But they are split out. So... This week in both groups, the spouses and the parents, there were a lot of people bringing up these legitimate concerns, speaking up in the group, sharing their feelings as they approach the holiday season. And I just, I'm not going to name names or get into details, but I just want to share a couple and to see if this resonates with any of you out there. There there was uh, someone who said that their daughter is currently in treatment. As they approach the holiday season, they're really terrified. Like some of the family knows what happened. Some of them don't. So when everybody gets together, what happens? Well, that's tough. Yeah. It That makes it, I mean, can you imagine <laughs> the house starts feeling up and half the people know that your daughter's in drug rehab and the other don't? 
That's a that's I mean, a good that's conversation sure, starter. There's a big conversation start over the turkey, but that is a terrible situation to be put in. Yeah, really, really hard. Someone else talked about how brokenhearted they are because their loved one was recently incarcerated. And that person who they love deeply will spend the next two critical, big, important holidays locked up. So just to talk, uh, for her to talk about how that felt, can you imagine? I mean, oh, even I, if they did something, and rightfully so, they're there for making the wrong choices still. Oh, it's still, even if they totally deserved it, that just breaks your heart, especially if it's your child. It, someone else talked about knowing their loved one and their situation, right? They're defiant. They don't help. They don't want help. They won't accept help. It's their spouse, and they don't even think they have a problem, yet they are living the, a life of total psychosis and and. I mean, they're out of their mind. And so they're worried if they show up because they think they will. How intoxicated are they going to be? Yeah. Are they even going to be able to function? And who will be around when this happens? What's going to happen with the people there when they find out all all the dynamics? I could go on and on and on. Those are just three quick ones that I wrote down. But every one of you who has a loved one in addiction is going to be faced with some really difficult decisions that are magnified and enhanced in the holiday season, unlike any other time of year. So we need to get into it. Yeah. We broke it out, right? For sure. I think to help understand, we're going to get into it. This is how it's going to go. We're going to break it out to understand how the specifics of you, the family, and then also what what your addicted loved one is experiencing. Yeah. And then we'll get into the five tips. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to talk about the family. Um, it is, I like Danny just said, the holidays just put a magnifying glass on everything. It doesn't even have to do with addiction necessarily. But if there is addiction involved, boy. Well, the that, addiction's like the big ugly stain on your shirt, right? Everyone comes over and they're like, dude, your shirt's dirty. Yeah. Or it, it stinks. Yep. Totally. Totally. So, you know, the family generally is feeling you just feel... You feel sad. You're not even looking forward to the holidays. You're just you're dreading it. You're in full blown dread mode. You're 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 very nervous. You're probably feeling a little bit honestly angry about having to be in this place because mm-hmm. my heavens, haven't you worked hard enough to be to a place to be able to enjoy your family and the holidays? Um, another thing is a lot of fear. I mean, it, of the unknowns, yeah. Absolutely. There's so much fear of just what you just mentioned, like what's going to happen? How is it going to go? Like there's just so many. Well, you know how many times so-and-so shows up at the house and they're like out of their mind? Oh. And it's because of the holidays where like one of the brothers or the dad or someone just finally has had it. Totally. I mean. (laughs) And they just like stand up and wallop them and then poor mom's stuck in the middle. I mean, it's just these crazy situations. Yes. It's just, it's just a lot. And then there's like the, the sibling. Yeah. Like the sibling drama can really, really amplify for one, because, you know, with adult children, they're not used to living, you know, with their with their siblings anymore. And then when you get them in a room together, I know this because I have seven siblings. It, lots of opinions can really come out fast, and a lot of feelings and emotions come out really, really fast. Um, yeah, and think of the poor woman stuck in the middle, bringing everyone over, and then all of a sudden they're mad because Timmy showed up and made a fool of himself and. Why did you invite him, Mom? And I'm leaving now. I mean, it's just yes, terrible. There's, there's so much, and I, and I can say, I mean, I I wasn't, I didn't have a drug addiction, but I remember very well the first Christmas I spent at my parents' house after I was divorced, 
And my family had no idea how, how I was feeling, obviously. Um, but it was just a really, it, it was like I had to be put, it felt like I was being put in the fire because I felt really exposed being around yeah, like all my other. Yeah, like naked on your first day of school and you just want to run and hide. Well, I had to be around all my other siblings whose lives were perfect. And mine was not. Mine was the opposite of that. And so just having to be around, I, I'll never forget the loneliness that I felt in that. Um, even though I was surrounded by people who loved me, I just felt like an outsider. Um, and so anyway, there's just so many things. And then also like between spouses, right? Like um, if you have a child who is struggling with addiction, man, the holidays are a great time to just fight with your spouse about that because suddenly that child pops in for dinner or whatever and it just causes yep. so much stress marital stress sibling stress um just again it's just kind of this underlying dread right because i can speak as a mom your job in the holidays you are programmed at least i am to create these perfect beautiful scenarios where everyone is getting along, people are joyful, there is happiness felt and peace in your home. And when you know that that is not going to be the case, you carry it. It feels like a failure to you, even though you have no control over it at all. So it's hard as is a family having that fairy tale. I mean, even outside of addiction, most of the time it's not a fairy tale, right? It's crazy with little moments of bliss, right? Yeah. But in these situations, it's it's one or two things. Either it's going to be a very loud, like outward experience, right? With right. like fighting and arguing, or it will be an inward thing where like someone feels out of place and other people can tell and it's just kind of this awkward tension. Yes. And you will be right in the middle of all of it. Yeah. So I want to talk about, I mean, we could go on forever on yeah. the family. But, but I do want to hear about y- your perspective. Yeah. And we're going to cover, like we said, five tips that will help you. Okay. If you're like, well, gosh, that's great. I just listened to you tell me that the holidays are going to be worse because of my addicted loved one and all my worst nightmares are coming true. No, we're going to talk about a way to be prepared for that. Right. It it has been, at this point, recording the show, 16 and a half years since I rose from the ashes. I was literally carried out of the basement of an abandoned home by my dad and brother. Um I have to actually like really put effort into to go back. And hopefully by doing that, because it's not very fun to go revisit some of those things and relive some of that time in my life, it just draw benefit to you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my wife exp- explained it best. When people go through difficult times in life, divorce, I- illness, injuries, or addictions, they just feel so out of place. And it's magnified in those situations. So even though you're bringing them home and they want to come home, like part of them wants to come home, it is like entering the most, okay, here's the best way to describe it. It's almost more comfortable walking into a crack house when people are passed out on the floor doing who knows what and a place where people are breaking the law and the cops might show up at any minute. It's actually easier to walk into that house when you are in addiction than it is to walk in to a beautiful place where familiar smells are, there's sounds there's beautiful faces. And there's Christmas music playing and your mother wearing an apron and coming up. Even in that type of beautiful situation, it's scarier. I'm so glad you said that. That's it, that's huge. 
Also, speaking from years of experience, I hate to say this, but if you love someone in addiction, I don't care if the addiction, sex, drugs, alcohol, prescription, medication, whatever it is, they will not come to your home sober. Sorry. So that person you love will be there. And hopefully, (laughs) just kidding, it's hopefully nothing. But if you're lucky, it'll be where they've just self-medicated to a perfect amount that they can tolerate the situation, but they don't make a fool of themselves. But that's a very small percentage that can do that. Wow. So, yes, I did. And so does everyone else in addiction shows up intoxicated or induced by some sort of substance to be able to get through that experience. Yeah, it's the self-soothing that has to happen in order to just endure well, being they're, there. Well, they're dreading it. They feel terrible. They feel exposed. They feel alienated. And so what do you do? I'm sorry to tell you, they have the solution. Like I just said at the start of this show, I, I was dealing with some difficult things. I had to go through it the hard way, talk about it, cry, plead with God, talk to my spouse, get help from my mentor. What they do is just a quick little snort, sniff, smoke, drink, and guess what? All those feelings are gone, and then they can approach the situation. But it's it's not – you can't go into this situation thinking that they aren't. I know that your mind thinks that the best of them and they're not using or they didn't come into my house. I'm sorry, but the reality is most of them are going to go into your bathroom or somewhere in your house or out to their car during those – festivities and they're gonna re-up are you speaking from experience yeah they'll make it for a little bit of time and then all of a sudden they'll go in in your bathroom or in your garage or whatever they'll have a drink or they'll pop a pill or snort something it's just the facts and so I'm not trying to say that to like justify them or excuse their behavior, but I don't I don't think I've even ever heard of anyone in an in addiction that went into one of these situations sober. Yeah. So I just think it's good to know and just to be aware that that's the case and right now that's the only way they can cope with the situation. So if you want them there and you want the whole family together, just know that that's going to be part of it. Yeah. Is that I think that's fair. Is that I, I do. It is. It feels like a punch in the throat, but I think it's really, really helpful to know the truth. It, it is. But still, what do we do? Okay, if, th- if this, if this situation is going to happen, and no matter who you think you are, are the possibilities of this not being the case for you, it is for everyone. Again, is it going to be a loud experience or is it going to be a quiet and subtle one? Either way, there's going to be a lot of tension and difficult emotion. So let's get into the five things, please. Okay. Um, I'll start with tip number one, which is again. This I, is a good one. Can I say something? Real? Oh, I sure. hate when we there's all these ads. And it's like five things to do for this or three things to avoid. I actually hate that. Oh, really? See, I like that. I'm I'm like, <sighs> I'm like a lister. Okay, um, I so want the, I want some pro tip. Of all the things that I've experienced from years of working with people, I just consolidated it into like the. The five things. Yeah. And so I, I think it's I'm awesome. Not, I'm saying that. But anyway, this this isn't just like off the cuff. This is real. So yeah, I no, hope it helps. Th- this is this is awesome. Okay. So number one. And we wrote one, a lot of it down so we can read yes, it. Yes. Number one is let go of expectations. Mm, that's Ooh, hard. That one's that is hard. That one, I that is so hard for me. I'm getting a little bit better at it, but it is so hard. But here's the deal. 
I am, and you might be the same way, I am really good at complicating things that should be simple. <laughs> um, I want things to be perfect in general. I, I do. Um, especially like a beautiful dinner or something like that where I'm putting in a lot of effort um, to have a certain feeling in my home um, and, and to create memories. Like that's really, really important to me. And so when I feel like my memory-making moments are being derailed by someone or something or everything's not perfect, um, I actually will sabotage the situation and make it worse. Oh, my gosh. This is recorded. I'm going to take a snippet right there. Do it. I got proof. Yes. Um, she admitted it. I will sabotage those moments because I need them to be a certain way. Mm. And so what I've started to do that has helped me a ton is to have no expectations, to be totally neutral, to be okay with it being one way or the other, or just kind of meh. And that, that goes against every grain in my soul, but, um, it usually ends up being better than you thought. Though, right? But that's Not the thing always, but. is when, when I set myself up to hit a certain like, benchmark in my mind of what it's supposed to be and I don't hit that then I'm deal with feelings of disappointment or um you know just I'll start to blame myself and or others and just get kind of angry about it so if I go in neutral and have no expectations neither here nor there okay. then I generally have a better experience so try really hard to stop trying to make everything perfect no expectations read the quote from that mom um yes and then I had this awesome quote um, from an incredible mother in the program. And she says, um, I plan ahead. I take the time to face my feelings. I take the time to grieve and cry for what was and what isn't. And then acknowledging the pitfalls I don't want to fall into, I figure out ways to make the holiday work. And one of those ways is to speak up about my feelings and ask for help from friends, family, a therapist, or a counselor. Most of all, I cling to my living, living proof support group, which is awesome. So awesome. Well, that's number one. That's good. Let go of yes. expectations and feel your feelings. But Be present. I, I was going to say um, one pro tip for me on grief, um, like grieving, like um, maybe a situation that isn't what you want it to be, is I do the same thing that she said, which is I give myself a time to grieve it. And then I literally... I and this sounds crazy, but I'll set a timer and be like, I'm going to allow myself to feel these, these hard feelings for about this amount of time, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is. And then I, I move on and say, okay, and now it's my time to feel joy and I'll focus on that. So that is a real thing that you can do. Okay. Tip number two, going into the holidays with someone dealing addiction in your family, right? The spotlighted, terrible situation. Tip number two is appreciate the family's family members who are there physically or like emotionally, mentally, spiritually, right? You might have an addicted loved one who's there, but not emotionally. That is so good. So what I wrote down just to make sure I didn't get too off subject is the obsession surrounding addiction is incredible. Over time, you've become the judge, jury, the detective. You've, you've got, you've been affected along the way with them. Always trying to stay a step ahead, always trying to control the elements, always trying to know what's going on. Also, the fear and negative feelings have consumed you over time, and you become obsessed. So from experience, 
looking back, knowing that I was the cause of a few holidays being ruined for my siblings and my parents not having the connection they deserve and that they have worked so hard for because of me, boy. So it's okay to step out of that situation with that loved one that you become obsessed with and focus on the other people in the room that are there that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it, you know, that's the thing where it's just like, well, duh, duh, like that makes so much sense. But truly, for those of you who love someone stuck in that deadly trap of addiction, it takes an effort to to step out of that and put focus in other places. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to say on top of that, like the resentments that build up between uh, siblings on that, um, like where, where one person with all of the problems get gets like the lion's share of the attention or just the emotional, you know, everybody's, that's just what people talk about. Man, if you can step back and just focus on the people that are there and the good things that are happening in their life, huge, huge for them, huge for you. Okay, so be intentional, or sorry, yours, this is your next one. Yes, so tip number three is to be intentional about gratitude. And that sounds so easy, but it's super hard to do. But it also sounds like fluff, and it's not, because expressing gratitude is literally like proven in brain science world to improve your mood and your and like create new pathways in your brain and elevate every level of goodness in your life. So um, some people love to do affirmations, um, which I've done before. I'm not the best at it, but if for this season you had to wake up with uh, an affirmation on your mirror and say it out loud before you go for the day, I say do it. And then the other thing is, is I love the quote from um, President Russell M. Nelson about gratitude. And he says, um, instead of counting your problems, start counting your blessings. And it's it's really, again, hard to do when you're in this these dark situations with someone that you love to think of things that you're grateful for when you can see the things that are lacking. But when I've been able to do this, it has dramatically changed the way I view the situation. I don't focus so much on those feelings of things that I can't control anyway. And I do get to feel the good feelings of all that's around me. And that well, is life-changing. And nothing nothing consumes a, per, a great person. Nothing takes an incredibly good person and consumes them more than a loved one's addiction. Yeah. And we could go into forever the reasons why. But if you're aware of it, then that's a good thing to help. Yeah. I, I so agree. expressing gratitude for the the good things that happen. Like, I don't care if you have to write it down every morning. I don't care if you have to call someone and check in and say, here's the three things I'm going to be grateful for. I'm grateful for today. And that keeps you accountable. Whatever it takes, make a plan and follow through. Okay. Number four is my favorite. I feel like this one is, should be a number one, but we didn't do it in any particular order. Number four your heart will fail you. Okay. I want to give some How clarity is that a tip? to that. You must have convictions, especially during this time of year. You gain convictions of the situation by educating yourself about the illness your, your loved one has, understanding what the path ahead looks like, how to support them, how not to enable them, 
how to encourage them. I mean, there's the, the list goes on and on. Your recovery, and I know this sounds backward for a lot of people. If you have a loved one in addiction, you, the family, the parent, the spouse, the sibling, the grandparent, you have to start your own program of recovery. And by doing that, which means regardless of what they do or choose, you start getting healthy. You start to learn how this has affected you. You start to figure out how you were contributing to the problem and not the solution, and on and on. We always say in our program, you can't get sick enough to help a sick person get better. It's only in your thriving that you have anything to offer. So yes, your heart will fail you, especially. Everybody gives their loved one the benefit of the doubt, especially in the holidays. They'll even say it to their other siblings or family members. Oh, Sarah's doing so much better. Mm. She's had a rough couple of months, but man, we just see so much hope. So your heart fails you in that you need convictions. The convictions are everything that you do and learn to put practical measures in place of how to support them, what your role is, what you need to be doing regardless of what they're doing. Yeah, because the holidays will bring out that charitable side of you yes. to want to just, gosh, I could just take care of this for them. Yep. Or gosh, I could just turn my head and look the other way because I didn't really see what I just saw. Yeah. So yes, your heart will fail you, but your convictions give you what? The ability to set and hold healthy boundaries. Yes. They give you the ability, your convictions to know what you're going to do when your loved one might be willing to get help, which should set you free from the fear and doubt and hope and all those things that you're holding on to. So find convictions. And if you don't have them, start, start, join a group, get into program, get some support and start learning how you can get healthier regardless because of this situation. So that's yes. my number four. I love that. Okay. Uh, number five is my personal favorite and I would put it as number one and it is let the healing happen. Hope will come. Now, this one is hard. I get it. I do. Maybe you think that I don't, but I do. I do because I am married to one of the greatest human beings on earth. And when I married him, he was still broken. He was so, so early on in his sobriety he was just barely starting to see the sunrise of what recovery could be. And it is so hard to not want to fast forward 10 years down the line and have what you think should be happening right in that moment. You want to fast forward through everything. Did you ever see that movie Click? with Adam Sandler, where yeah. he fast forwards to the good parts because he's like, I don't want to go through these hard parts. I just want to get to the good part. Um, you can't. And when you try to do that, you set yourself up and you self, you sabotage the other person mm. because you, you consistently are disappointed with wherever they are. It's never where you think they should be. Wow. That and was powerful. so I, I, say, I say this and I mean it. If you're, if you're picturing a staircase and you think you're on stair number eight and your loved one is at stair number one, let them be on that stair and do not try to get them to run up to, to meet you where you are. They'll fail. It's not fair. Healing takes time. Mm. And I'm going to read something from somebody else in our group, but before I do that... Um, 
I want to remind you guys of something, and that is that God is not in a hurry with that person. He never is. He's not in a hurry with that person that you love. So don't worry about where they are. Don't worry about it. You're tired. You're anxious. You're frustrated. But he's not. He is not frustrated with that person like you are. So try to see them like he is seeing them. And surrender your timeline to God. Just surrender it. Because your timeline is not it. I'm sorry, but it's not. You'll just continue to be more frustrated. And I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a scripture because it's one of my favorite ones. And I get to she loves this is my it podcast. All day long. Okay, it's Jeremiah 2911. Everyone, you probably already know it. It is for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper and not to harm. Plans to give you hope and a bright future. He knows that about you and he knows that about that person that you love that you are trying to shove up those stairs. So remember, surrender that timeline. Do not rush. Do not rush that. That was an awesome scripture. I'm it gonna, is. Let me share. One of my the, I'll share the mother's quote. Yeah, go ahead. Since you shared that beautiful scripture, what was where was that again? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah, she has a lot of these in her arsenal. I hear them all the time, which is great. It is good. So there's another quote to finish up here, when we're talking about letting healing happen. Hope will come. I'm finally strong enough to fill the hole in my life where my son should be with things that make the holidays better, not worse. I'm strong enough to face reality, to accept what it is, to start new traditions, and to spend time with some happy old memories. Those are mine to keep and enjoy forever. Addiction has changed the holidays. In fact, it has changed almost everything. But there is still plenty to be thankful for, and there is still so much hope to hope for. And there is, uh, oh, sorry. And we are working a recovery program of our own, slowly separating our happiness and welfare from our child's sobriety. Wow, that's so powerful. So powerful. And that takes work. We are finding ways to move forward and protect ourselves against the pain of addiction. And we are filling the holes that addiction left behind. So powerful. That's from someone else in our program, right? So I hope you can go back and listen to those. I hope there's one, two, three, or all five of them that can really help you as you face this difficult time of year. It can still be beautiful. But don't allow addiction to sabotage your ability to feel joy and to be present with other people in your family. I say that from someone who was in the darkest, deepest grip of an addiction, who caused pain and suffering for my family, who ruined plenty of holidays. Don't. If I could speak as your loved one who's in that situation, please don't do that for them. Don't do that for me if they were saying it to you. Allow yourself to be happy, Mom. Let the other family feel your presence. Be with them. I'm sick. I'm lost. <laughs> and that's what it is. You can use this. I also say use the pain of the holidays to fuel yourself, to finally get the, the support that you need through a program that will help you learn how to effectively intervene, how to get healthy regardless. Use that fuel. But I hope these tips really help as we approach the holidays. So, Amen. And I'm going to leave us with the serenity prayer for families like we always do. God, grant me the serenity to know that I cannot change other people, the courage to change the person that I can, and the wisdom to know that it is me. And that is 
everything that we stand for at Living Proof. That is who our program is for. It's what we designed it to be. So if you love someone struggling with addiction, go to our website and check out our free masterclass. Thanks for joining us.